This is The Dirty on 30, a podcast that spills the tea on everything 30s. Join your hosts, Melissa and Anna, as they dish on life, relationships, and whatever else they can think of. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of The Dirty on 30. I'm Anna. And I'm Melissa. Today is National Read Across America Day, and in honor of that day, we're going to deep dive into some books, uh, book talk, and let's start with a little bit of the history of the National Read Across America Day. So it was an idea created by the National Education Association in 1997, and they wanted to promote childhood childhood literacy across the country. Um, They chose March 2nd as the first March 2nd, 1998, as the first official day to coincide with Dr. Seuss's birthday, who was born on March 2nd, 1904. I remember growing up, we used to have, uh, we used to bring books for school and um, we would have like reading days all day. We would just read. Is that what you would do? I don't feel like we ever really had reading days in school. I feel like we had like, you know, reading hour after lunch. I think uh, we had like a good majority of the day, like uh, maybe like the first half of the day or something. I don't remember. And I know we used was. to have like book fair days and stuff where reading was promoted on those days, but yeah. I feel like everybody was more excited to look at, you know, the junk at the book fair. That's true. I love the scholastic book fairs and the paper and the like the, the thing they would send you home with. Right. With all the books. That was fun. I would pretend to make orders like which ones would I buy and how much would be. Oh, it would be so much. I would be like, check, check, <laughs> For check, you, check, yes. Check. For me, not that much. <laughs> Anyways, uh, talking about Dr. Seuss, and in honor of his birthday today, we are going to name our favorite Dr. Seuss book. So mine is um, Oh, The Places You Will Go. And I like that book because it's it's a cute book and it's like inspiring and it has a great message. Yeah. It has a really great message. And actually I was reading an article that said that it's like one of the top graduation gifts that they give once you not, you know, graduate high school or college um, because it's kind of got that similar message and you know, you don't know where you're going to go and everything is not a hundred percent guaranteed, but it is. And it's yours for the taking kind of message. So I really like that book. Right. So my favorite Dr. Seuss book is Oh, The Thinks You Can Think, which similarly has a great message. It's all about creativity and thinking. But actually, leaving the whole message aside, it's my favorite book because of one one line, one verse, um, which is schlop, schlop, beautiful schlop, beautiful schlop with a cherry (laughs) on top. Um, Schlop, schlop, schlop. (laughs) So actually, in my family, we refer to certain kinds of dishes that we make in the kitchen as schlop, certain meals. Where if you can cook the entire meal in one big saucepan and you don't have to use any other dishes, we call it schlop. Schlop. Oh, so, that makes sense. Like growing actually. up, like <laughs> growing up like once a week, it would be like, okay, what are we having for dinner tonight? And my mom would be like, oh, we're just going to throw together some schlop. Like we used it in sentences as a word. Oh, that's interesting. And I still make certain schlop recipes nowadays. I mean, it's usually like, you know, a rice and a pasta with a meat of some sort and a veggie yeah. of some sort and a sauce of some sort all cooked in one big I always say that I have that word machaca, machaca in Spanish, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if it really means that, but I use it for that, like that term, like everything just put into a bowl and and that thing. So that's what I, what I do. But my book, uh, Oh, The Places You'll Go came out in 1990, which is when we were born. So shout out to that. Um, But it was actually one of, it was his last book, Dr. Seuss's last book that, that was published before his passing. So that's pretty cool. 
And your book came out much earlier, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, The Things You Can Think came out in 1975, yeah. so well before us. Yes. But Dr. Seuss was born in 1904, so he had ages to write children's books. Yeah, he did. He, they were all so good. I love them. So we're going to switch over from Dr. Seuss a little bit now into what are we currently reading? What yeah. do we like to read? What are we reading? In honor of National Read Across America Day, what do we read? And that's kind of the focus of today's podcast. Yeah. So I'll start. So you'll catch me these days just reading books on childbirth, postpartum, and breastfeeding, and all that kind of stuff, because I'm currently doing training and certification process for becoming a doula. So that's mostly what's on my bookshelf right now. I have breastfeeding books. I have postpartum books. I have, have you different learned kind of books. Anything yeah. interesting? Well, well, I've learned how to like the different poses to hold a baby when you, you are breastfeeding a baby. I've learned um, uh, how what it's like uh, to give birth in a hospital and and the different I like the different ways that doctors and hospitals make you and promote like C-sections and the epidural and stuff. And so doulas really try to take you out of that and just give you a more natural birth process. So it's kind of crazy that, um, you know, doctors really encourage C-sections because, I mean, first and foremost, they get paid more for C-sections. And secondly, it's faster and they, you know, they want to pop one out, you know, <laughs> pop a baby out and then and go on, on to the next. So I think it's crazy. And I, I never understood that. I mean, growing up, I wanted to be an OBGYN. And, but I kind of grew out of that because I was kind of not squeamish, but I was actually, I was scared of doing C-sections. I didn't want to cut someone open. So I stopped that. I stopped. I was a bio major and I moved on and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So now that I want to be a doula, which is kind of on the other side of the spectrum of childbirth, it's more natural and it's kind of like really opened up my eyes and I'm kind of like realizing why I really didn't become an OBGYN. But that's kind of what I'm reading right now. But I typically, I, st I steer towards the nonfiction. So I read a lot of the books that are like self-help and that are on mental health and self-therapy and I read books um, from like uh, memoirs. Yeah, like I read memoirs as well. So I read, um, I have read Anna Kendrick's, which is called uh, Scrappy Little Nobody. Her book is kind of cute. It's She's funny. It's, I, I love her as an actress. So um, her book is pretty cute as well. And then I also read the uh, Mindy Kaling. She has two books out. I don't know if she has a third one yet, but she has two, Why Not Me? And she started out with, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? and other concerns. So I definitely stick to the memoirs. And then one of my all-time favorite books that I have read, because I love Selena growing up, was Chris Perez's book that he wrote, which is called To Selena with Love. And that is a great take on like his side of the um, relationship without you know all the pressures of the family and stuff. So it was a really cute book. I really liked that one as well. I'm not really huge into fiction. I mean, I will read here and there, but mostly my bookshelf is full full of nonfiction, memoirs, and self-help books, and poems, poetry books. I have a lot of poetry books 
It all started with Shell Silverstein. Is that his name? Yes, Shell Silverstein. Shell Silverstein. Yes, where the sidewalk ends. So um, you can see kind of like a theme. I really like books that are very inspiring and kind of help me through stuff. Does self-help and self-care and things like that, do you think that helps you with the doula classes as well? Do they promote a lot of self-care? Um, like yeah. taking care of the mother as yes, well as yes so doula is is you know because especially for first-time moms but they always there's a saying that you know during childbirth a baby is not only born but so is a mother and a mother needs equally as attention and care as long as with the baby but so so does the whole family you know and that's what where doulas come in and they can really help you kind of transition from no baby to to baby or from a baby to two babies it's kind of like we're there to help you kind of set that tone and make sure that everyone is cared for everyone is provided for and I'll probably talk about it more in another another episode maybe on the episode all about me or something (laughs) but that's kind of like what I've been reading I mean it's it's kind of one of those things that really catch my attention growing up I I guess because I've always read about um, like, you know, in magazines and stuff. So well, you're what about you? Definitely the opposite of yes. me. <laughs> I do not read any nonfiction, basically. I am 100% into fiction, into escapism, into, you know, removing yourself from everyday life by reading a book and finding yourself in a different place, in a different time, in a different dimension kind of thing. Yeah. So for this initial segment... I want to talk a little bit about science fiction, which is one of my favorite genres, um, when it's done well. <laughs> when it's done well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's things that I like and things that I don't like, you know. Okay, so, so tell us. Just recently, a couple of months ago, I found a new series that, well, new to me, series that I had never read before, and it's called The Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. The first book in the series is called All Systems Read, but I've read the first five books now, and I believe that the sixth book just came out, but I haven't read it yet because I'm reading these through the library online, and, you know, I need the library to catch up for me. (laughs) But I think that as far as science fiction goes, science fiction authors, because they're taking you to a place that doesn't exist, a different planet, a different world, a different time, a different future kind of thing, science fiction writers can get really bogged down in the details. Like books can get really, really long and they can spend pages and pages describing the city around, the technology around, all the little minutia of everything that's happening in that future. Um, And what I really like about Martha Wells is that she doesn't get bogged down in any of the details. In fact, she basically does the opposite. She never really explains anything to you that's going on in the background and expects you to just catch on as you go. So in this series, uh, The Murderbot Diaries, it is about a murder bot, I guess. The character is actually a security bot originally that goes rogue, you know, classic science fiction premise there but this security bot is like part robot part cyborg like you know part technology part cloned human parts body parts and what really really got me the most about this book is that they talk about the main character very like you know vaguely uh, pale standard cloned human body parts shortcut blonde hair stuff like that and about four books in One of the other characters sarcastically says to this main character, yes, mom, 
like being very sarcastic. Like, mm-hmm. yes, mom, whatever. And I realized at that point, four books in, that the main <laughs> character might, the, this main character, robot cyborg, murderbot, might be a might woman. Be a woman. <laughs> and that just like blew my mind. Like, I completely, like, you know, you're told that it's a security robot. And in my mind, and they tell you just basic feature descriptions pale skin, pale hair, short haircut. And in my mind, like, I was 100% imagining a man and I went back through the first four books at this point when this person sarcastically said yes mom and I went back through the first four books and they never once say if this main character is a boy or a girl and like I was just mind blown that's Um, crazy yeah I never had that so Martha Wells she writes really really well I really like the characters. She doesn't explain a lot of the details, and I find that a lot more interesting than the books where you have to read 500 pages of minutia. but I highly recommend this series. So some other series that I recommend, I really like a trilogy by John Scalzi. The first book is called Old Man's War. Uh, it also has a very interesting premise in that It is a future where there are galactic wars, like, you know, outside of Earth. So humans here grow up on Earth. They live their whole life here on Earth. And on their 75th birthday, they're given the opportunity to join the galactic army, basically. And if they join the galactic army, they will be put into a new young body. And if they can survive their eight-year term in the army, they'll be put on another planet to live an entire second life. Or they can choose not to join the army on their 75th birthday, in which case they just age out on earth and, and die. Interesting. So it's this idea of like, when you're 75, are you ready to to leave your old life on earth behind, get put in a new young body, and join this, join this war, and potentially earn the chance to have a whole second life somewhere else? Interesting. Um, And I really, really highly recommend that book as well. And then just to carry it on a little further, the last sci-fi book I'm going to recommend is called The Diamond Age by Neal Stephenson. So this one is a classic. Like everybody who's read science fiction has heard of Neal Stephenson. It was one of the first science fiction books that I was introduced to as a young girl because the main character in the book is a young girl, um, which is not usual for science fiction. Um, So I'm going to throw that one in there as an honorable mention. Yeah. So So when you're reading, do you just use reading as an escapism from your life? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I like reading generally more like feel-good books, like books that get super heavy need a special place and a special time. Do you, and do you apply anything that you read into your life? Like I apply stuff from like what I read and, you know, because I relate to a lot of the memoirs and they're supposed to be relatable in the first place, but you know, you relate to them and then you kind of sort of see things through their point of view and then you take a look at your life. Do you do that with the books? With science fiction? Not necessarily. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you could learn lessons. Did, did, did you can lessons? still learn life lessons. A lot of those stories still have like a moral to the story yeah. or a or a metaphor that they are making their stories, but not you're just so reading much. I read, to read. To I read get out yeah, of your just own. to get out of my head. I read. Do you ever put yourself in the books? 
Have you ever done that? I put yeah, myself in books. Absolutely. That's great. I love to do that. Um, <laughs> but because I'm reading more for like pleasure for feel good, like yeah. escapism, it's I like to reread books that I've already read because it's not even necessarily learning something new or reading a new story. It's uh, it can be a lot of just let yeah. me reread this feel good book and just get my mind off of whatever's weighing me down during the day. Let me distract myself with this story. Yeah. True. Yeah, I don't, yeah. So that is the end of our first segment. Happy National Read Across America Day. Yes. Tell us what you guys are reading. Our second chapter or our second segment today is the guilty pleasure segment. So since we are talking about books, we are going to talk about romance novels. <laughs> In particular, I'm pretty into trashy romance novels. Like, they're absolutely terrible and absolutely amazing. I love them all. I'm into mainstream stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about a couple of different authors, series, romances that I like, that I don't like, and maybe you'll end up with a recommendation of something that you'd like to read. So quickly going down the list, because I have so many books, I can't even tell you. I'm going to start by talking about Janet Ivanovich. Janet Ivanovich is an author who wrote, writes the Stephanie Plum novels. Um, Stephanie Plum is a bounty hunter. It's set in New Jersey. And the whole thing's just kind of like a lighthearted comedy, like sitcom love triangle, where she's kind of like in between a cop and like a mercenary. And she's a bounty hunter. It's really kind of fun. But there's like 28 books now and they never figure it out. Like it's still 28 books in is still a love triangle. Like that's just kind of how it is. It's like a lighthearted romance. I highly recommend it. They don't really ever have, you know, any kind of explicit sex in the novels. It's just very lighthearted. All euphemisms. <laughs> On the opposite end of that, I really like a lot of supernatural kind of romances. And I'm not talking about Twilight here. Like, <laughs> I'm going to recommend here Laurel K. Hamilton. And she has two main series. She has the Mary Gentry series that's very supernatural with fairies and the Cid. And then she has an Anita Blake series that is all kind of vampires and werewolves. Oh, my. Um, and I'm going to recommend the Anita Blake series. And Laurel K. Hamilton is very explicit in her writing. The first book in the series is called Guilty Pleasures, actually, so it is perfect for this segment. <laughs> and her character, Anita Blake, ends up with multiple men kind of at the same time. It's a reverse harem kind of thing. On top of the uh, Janet Ivanovich and Laurel K. Hamilton series, I do have a couple other series that I own in their entireties. Stephanie Rowe does a good supernatural romance series. The first book's called Date Me Baby One More Time that I recommend. Or Patricia Briggs does one called the Mercy Thompson series. The first book is called Moon Called. And that one is about the main character, Mercy, who is a shape-shifting Native American coyote in a world of werewolves. So I do... Like terrible romances, I clearly have a preference for supernatural terrible romances. The question, I guess, is what does Anna like when it comes to reading romances? Let's just say, uh, let's just say that um, I'm not really into books, but I got into the Fifty Shades series because 
I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So that's what my segment's about, the whole Fifty Shades series. I did read all of them. It didn't take me that long to read them. So it was a long time ago. But I mean, overall, they were okay. They weren't the best books. Romance books never are the best books. Yeah, but <laughs> in, I mean, in theory, it had a good story in mind. Her name was Anna. I'm Anna. And it. It, I'm not into the whole, like... I guess that would help with the fantasy. Yeah, right? <laughs> it kind of just threw me right in there. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. No, that's not true. <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was uh, good. I read it. I mean, you guys know what it's about. You guys have seen the hype. You've seen the movies and all that. I've um, actually never read those books, and I have not seen the movies. No? Okay, well... <laughs> I mean, I was no spoilers, but <laughs> I was the opposite. I was like, there's all of this hype about these books. So I'm going to absolutely not read well, them. Okay. So here's the thing. My friend, she had them on her iPhone or some, the, what is that? The books, Apple books or right? whatever it's called. And she let me borrow her password so I can read them. Cause she was like, you got to read them. And I was like, I mean, okay, like, sure, why not? But I mean, I definitely got into the movies more and I, I own all of them. I never bought the books, but I did start to read the, well, after I read the three books, I started to read uh, the Retold by Christian series, which was supposed to be, you know, like through his eyes, but it's the exact same plot. It's just through his own version. And I probably got through like two chapters and I just never opened it again because it was not the best book in the it was just not my vocabulary I just I didn't a little raunchier yeah it was raunchier and I just it wasn't believable because I mean obviously like E.L. James is a girl and right, like and she's writing for women and she's writing so. for women so she doesn't re I don't think she really understood like the. I mean she tried her best for the male point of view I'm guessing but it was just yeah I don't I mean your thing. who was who was these geared towards it was it to guys get into the series too or was it for just like for females to get into to see the guys version i, I don't think know. it was just for women to buy another two or three books oh, the same <laughs> <laughs> just like the same just slap it and call it another call it another name um but yeah that's i did read this other book called the cab fair no a cab to remember cab ride to remember something like that shoot i have <laughs> it here but i dropped it <laughs> let me see Nope, nope, I can't see it. Um, and then it's about this, like, taxi driver who starts an affair with one of her customers, one of, like, her ride people that she's giving a ride to. And um, that one was cheesy as heck, but um, I like that. I can't even recommend it. I mean, I'm going to let Melissa talk for a little bit so I can get the book. Okay. So you were asking earlier whether or not I would ever read the Bridgerton series, and that is definitely a romance uh, show that's really popular right now. But I don't think that I'm interested in reading the books right now. I mean, as much as I love reading books, I have issues when there, there are both books and shows. Of I have a hard time of getting into both versions, and I feel like if I read ahead in the Bridgerton series that I won't be able to enjoy the next season or however many seasons might come out on Netflix in the future. Yeah, I think I do want to read them just because I like, I can separate the two. So I don't really like compare them. I'm like, it, as a movie, it's great. As a series, it's great. And then as a book, it can be great. So I just separate the two. But I think since the format, it's done a little bit di differently. 
Like each book is about a character and each season is also going to be supposedly about a character, but it's done differently where the timeline. Right. You think it'll be different enough for you to enjoy both separately. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, the book that I was reading is called Affair to Remember by Opal Carey. Right. I don't know. Something like that. And it's the only like book that I just kind of called to me one day at I think like a Target or something and it was on sale and I was like I want to read a raunchy novel and I picked it up and that's I have some of the <laughs> most terrible romance books from airports I think I definitely have to go through your bookshelf <laughs> and like just pick out a few right read the first of a couple different series yes maybe not so much the those but yeah <laughs> regular raunchy regular raunchy stuff no supernatural for me you're missing out I mean I maybe but I'm just I'm like I never read the Twilight books because of that and I never got past the movies either because I oh couldn't. the movies are terrible yeah but I never I couldn't read the books I'm not into like not into that I can kind of sort of see the appeal but the most supernatural I ever got was uh supernatural the show <laughs> was a good one <laughs> I did I did like that. So that is the end of our guilty pleasure segment. Uh, let us know if you have any romance recommendations. I read them all. <laughs> I don't, but I'll try. <laughs> all right, let's turn the page and move on to our next segment, Born in the 90s. And today we're going to talk about things that we read as a child, things that started our love for books and general reading nostalgia yes just general reading nostalgia because um i started reading i love to read actually when i was younger but i started to you know read goosebumps and like babysitter's club and i used to love all that i used to go with my parents to um like yard sales and stuff and if i saw books i would pick them up that way but once i got into like my preteen years and I started ordering magazines that became my life like I had every magazine imaginable like YM, J14, Cosmo Girl um what I else used is to get there? 17, 17 magazine yeah I had 17 I mean I had like Teen Vogue I had probably six different magazines coming every month and I had a tub full of them. I don't know if I still have them somewhere in my mom's house, but I had every single magazine, like for pre-teens and teens. So were you into them for the fashion, for the movie star gossip, for the beauty? I was into it for everything. So I had like, my Teen Vogue was like the fashion one, you know, I would get inspired and stuff. And then the J14 was like, seriously, just celebrity gossip. It was like the the celebrity gossip one and then 17 had like the cool articles and and the fashion and then like Cosmo Girl had like magazine stuff on um like makeup and fashion and stuff so that's kind of got me into magazine into makeup why don't keep saying magazine I don't know (laughs) because I just love magazines but now I don't I don't have any magazines I mean I used to have Cosmo Cosmopolitan growing up now when I was older but really I I just had all of them and then right but just, now they're expensive and you can get everything so on Instagram expensive and now everything's online and you don't need to get any anything and then they would just be sitting there I mean I just had all my magazines just sitting there it was not it wasn't fun I spent all that money I don't know how I was even paying for them 
<laughs> like various was, fundraisers over the year where you came home no from school. Idea. Like now that I think about it, I was like not working when I was getting these magazines. And then I started working when I was 16. And then I, I probably that's when I had all of them. But I'm sure your parents paid you just for indulged my <laughs> indulged my magazine like addiction or something because I had every single thing. But now moving on back to my like babysitter's club and like the goosebumps. I had them in Spanish. I had them in English, um, like goosebumps, escalofrios or something like that. I don't know what it was called. I can't remember. Well, I really don't know what it was called. So, <laughs> um, But it was, I, I mostly like like the pick your own, you know, the ones I'm talking about where right. you would like. The choose your to, own adventure Yeah, choose books. your own adventure where it was like, go to this page if you choose this and go to, or go to this page if you choose that. So that's those were cool, but I definitely grew up more on TV though. So I really lost my book love early on because I was just mostly into cartoons and well, I and was TV. the opposite. I was always yeah. into books. In fact, I you still, <laughs> I still am. I I literally learned how to write my name when I was like three years old because you had to be able to write your own name to get a library card. So what? I have this library card, this really old one for San Bernardino County Libraries yeah. that has like, like backwards E's and shit. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Like all, all adorable toddler writing because you had to yeah. be able, because I wanted a library card so bad and you had to be able to write your name. Yeah. Well, I used to go to the library a lot too. Yeah. And I used to go to the book fairs and I used to do the like summer programs they had. Right. At the libraries. That was cool. Right, so I started off with all mysteries, like straight mysteries, 100%. I, as I mean, I was a little kid, it was with the Boxcar Children, and then into Nancy Drews, and then into Agatha Christie's, and then into, you know, Tony Hillerman's um, other mystery authors more as an adult. But for this nostalgia segment, I'm going to talk mostly about a series called The Dragon Riders of Pern by Anne McCaffrey. So when I was a kid, she has a bunch of books for adults, like probably 20, and I own them all. But she has one series, a trilogy for children, three books. It's called Dragon Song, Dragon Singer, and Dragon Drums. Oh, that's cool. And they're all, it's a mixture of sci-fi and fantasy that's set on another planet called Pern. And it's all about dragons, and it's super cool and super in detail. And that is my all-time 100% favorite book series that I have ever read. I own all of them. Um, Anne McCaffrey, unfortunately, uh, has passed away and no longer writes the books. Her son, Todd, writes them now, but I don't own all the ones that he's written. He's still good, but it's not the same as the yeah, originals, I if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's different, yeah. So for me, like, my all-time favorite would be would be The Dragon Riders of Pern. Yeah. Absolutely. Way different than my magazines. Yes, <laughs> Super in detail, very sciencey. <laughs> Which um, you could tell from our earlier segment <laughs> that I'm always into fiction, nonfiction, and Melissa's into fiction. So, very into fiction. Yeah, yes, I, you know, it that, and we've grown up that same way. So, and then of course, no nostalgia segment would be complete without an honorable mention for Harry Potter because what did our <laughs> generation grow up with? Yes, Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yes, although I only read the first two books, so don't kill me. I only read the first two. Yeah, she. They kept getting longer. They did keep getting And by longer. the time I grew in, the others started coming out, I was already going to be into magazines. So magazines won. Go yeah. figure. 
So my Harry Potter books, the first three ones that I have were are actually British versions. You know, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone instead of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, my mom actually had a British friend named Derry who lived in England. She went out to England to visit him one summer. And when she flew back, she brought me the first three Harry Potter books as souvenirs. They weren't being sold in the United States yet. Oh, cool. So that following year between the third and the fourth book is when things started getting a lot bigger in the U.S. Harry Potter-wise. So my fourth book on our American versions. You were probably like been there, done that already. <laughs> already read them. <laughs> already read them. Can't wait for the fourth. Yes. You guys got to catch up. <laughs> I highly recommend Anne McCaffrey. If you haven't looked up her books, you should do so in the future. And feel free to shoot us an email or a message on Instagram. We would love to hear what your favorite books were growing up. Yeah, tell us. What did we miss? What books did we miss that are like huge, that were huge growing up? I mean, I'm sure we missed a bunch, but we were trying to fill an eight-minute time slot, and we're just about to go over. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, and we'll see you see next, next week. week. If you're enjoying our podcast, please like and subscribe. We release a new episode every Tuesday. For bonus features, videos, extra content, and to keep us ad-free, please support us on Patreon. For throwback photos and a sneak peek behind the scenes, follow us on Instagram at thedirtyon30. And if you have any recommendations for our Guilty Pleasures or Born in the 90s segments, shoot us an email at thedirtyon30 at gmail.com. Stay safe. We'll We'll see see you next week. week.